you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of birth pains. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. What you are about to hear is real. The prophets wrote at a time when the signs of the end would be seen. This is where Bible prophecy and current events collide. This is Unsealed. Yes, my friends, this is Unsealed, the place where the collision occurs between current events and Bible prophecy. So you must be interested in it as well. Uh, welcome, welcome in. Whoo, June 25th, 2020. And uh, as always, very, very pleased to be able to come to you, even if it's for a short time. And so let's get right into it. First of all, if you don't know what this is, this is a new podcast. Again, go to unsealedpodcast.com for all the information and all our previous episodes um, and links to every place you can find, including... Apple Podcasts and Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. There's also live simulcasting going on on YouTube and uh, Facebook and Twitter Periscope right now. So welcome. Let me know if you're out there on one of those formats. That would be awesome. If you're not listening live, so sorry. You can't do that. Remember, we like likes, we love loves, but sharing is caring. So if you're getting blessed by this, hit the share button, please. Or if you hate it and you want to show all your friends how dumb I am, or this program has no idea what they're talking about, hit share as well, will you? I appreciate you just as much. All right. <clears throat> so welcome, welcome once again, Pastor Manti, here with you, brother in Christ. If you are not on Team Jesus, get on the bus. Maranatha, because he's coming soon. He's coming soon. So we've got to get our hearts and our minds prepared for those days beforehand because they're tricky. And so we are now on episode 13 of this podcast. We've talked about a whole bunch of stuff so far. Um, the principle of being unsealed, what is that about? Going back to Daniel chapter 12, we covered Revelation 6, we covered Christian cults. Cover the fact that the Great Tribulation that's coming is not the same thing as the wrath of God. We compared uh, the seals of Revelation, the four horses of Zechariah, and the four beasts of Daniel. Focusing on the right nations, Ezekiel 38, as well as Daniel 7, 8, and 11. The fact that Daniel 8 must be future only. And we went over the 70 weeks prophecy of Daniel 9 last week. And that kind of led into this, which was... Um, there's a school of thought out there that mm, there is no scriptures that say there are seven years left on the prophetic time clock. And I say, bogus. We're going to read them right now. Open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 12, because we will see explicitly 
there are two periods of three and a half years mentioned in this chapter. Okay, so let's go to that. And by the way, you can find many, many more details about this teaching in the book Flee to the Mountains, chapter 2 in that uh, book. Page 53, actually, is where this starts. So if you own that, you can go to turn that as well, but definitely go to your Bible. That's clearly the Word of God. So we have, first of all, a story in Revelation 12. Uh, clearly a um, symbolic story, like a parable, uh, with some characters in it, like the dragon and the woman. Mm, yes, and a child. So it turns out uh, this woman, she's in labor, then she gives birth. The dragon, while tried to consume the child, was unable to, and then the child was caught up to heaven and the throne of God, and he was had a rod of iron. Clearly, that's Jesus Christ, the Messiah of Israel, and of all who believe. He was raised from the dead and taken to heaven and is awaiting his return. That is the word of God in Acts chapter 1 and 2 and 3. Uh, but, okay, so, but that's not the end of the story. That's not the end of the Bible. In fact, that's just the middle. There's a whole bunch yet to come. And that uh, yet to come basically plays out in the final seven years, a little bit even before that. Uh, so we have Revelation 12. We have the child being caught up to the throne of God. Okay, the woman is still on the earth, but her child's gone. And the dragon's still around. Verse 6, Revelation 12. Then the woman fled into the wilderness. Wilderness is desert. Uh, Some place where there's not a lot of stuff going on, not a lot of action. Uh, desolate place usually you wouldn't want to live. So she fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God to be nourished there 1,260 days. I'll do your math for you. If you didn't know, 1,260 days is three and a half years. By the way, let's give an alternate translation to that in the Greek. The woman fled to the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God, that they might feed her there. Not just be nourished or be fed, you know, generally, but they might feed her there. Who are the they? Good question. Pick up Free to Fleet of the Mountains. Go to fleetofthemountainsbook.com to order that. Whether you like paperback or electronic or Kindle or audiobook or what have you. All right, so great. So we have this three and a half year period where the woman is is fed by some some they uh, in the wilderness for three and a half years. And people say, well, that's that's obviously the 
last three and a half years, that's the Great Tribulation. Pump the brakes, because the story is not, again, not over. And right after this, for 1260 days, then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. So the dragon is in heaven. That's Satan. This is after the 1260 days. Pay attention now. God is not trying to fool you or mess with your mind or confuse you. This is very important to remember. The dragon fought against Michael and his angels. There's an angelic war in heaven with Satan versus Michael. The dragon and his angels also fought, but he could not prevail. And there was no place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was thrown out. That serpent of old of Genesis who is called the devil and Satan, the one who deceives the whole world. He was thrown to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah have now come because the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been thrown down. I have a question for you. Are you being accused by Satan today? I know I am. And you are too. That's pretty easy Holy Spirit revelation, isn't it? I mean, that's Christianity, first day of class. The devil is trying to condemn you and trying to slander you. And accusing you. That's why he's called Satan. The accuser. In other words, it wouldn't even be his name if that's what he wasn't what he wasn't doing. So that's what he's doing. That means he's in heaven. He's in court in heaven. Look at the book of Joshua, uh, Zechariah. Look at the book of Job. He's there. So now this is a future time, a future war, when he's finally evicted, and then it says the power can come because the accuser's not in heaven anymore, and they conquered him, the brothers and sisters who were still on the earth, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, for they did not love their lives even to the point of death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and those who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you with great fury, because he knows his time is short. Notice he was not called Satan has come down to you, because the accuser role is over. This is the devil, the adversary. The enemy. Because he knows his time is short. What time is short? Well, we're going to get that answer in verse 13. And through the end, when the dragon saw that he had been thrown to the earth, he persecuted the woman, or pursued, who had given birth to the male child, who is the woman who gave birth to Jesus, Israel, the Jews. First thing Satan will do is go after Israel, the people, the Jewish people in the land of Israel. 
Does that ring a bell as far as prophecy? Things to come? Aren't we told that Jerusalem will be invaded by the armies of the Antichrist at the three and a half year mark? Does not Daniel 9 tell us at the middle of the week the covenant made with Israel will be broken? persecuted the woman who had given birth to the male child Israel. The woman then, Israel, was given two wings of a great eagle so that she could fly from the serpent's presence. Why, his name just got changed again. Now he's the serpent. Because he's on the earth. Because he's subtle and lying. Could fly from the serpent's presence to her place in the wilderness or desert where she was nourished for a time, times, and half a time. What's that mean? Three and a half years. That's the language of Daniel 12. That's the period Jesus referred to, that he quoted Daniel, as saying this is the worst period in the history of the world for the Jews and for the church. The Great Tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble, the last three and a half year period. It's different now. She was not pursued up in verse 6. She just went there herself. This one, she's chased away out of the land by the serpent, the devil, the Antichrist, possessed, however you want to understand that. Then she was chased into the wilderness, which was already prepared. And it says time, times, and a half a time again to let us know that this is different than verse 6. That's verse 14, where it says she fled to the, or she was given wings of the great eagle and went to the wilderness for time, times, and half a time. That's three and a half years, but that's not the same three and a half years as verse 6. It doesn't take a genius, it doesn't take uh, a degree in theology. You don't have to understand the Greek and the Hebrew to understand Revelation 12. It's a simple, childlike story. About second grade level. How in the world can we say that verse 6 refers to the last three and a half years? Of course it doesn't. Revelation 12 is a continual beginning to end narrative it's one story it's not jumping around with parentheses and backwards and forwards it's linear it's linear one after the other after the other after the other first comes the woman persecuted by the by the devil she has her male child, which is Jesus the Messiah. He goes to heaven. Then there's a three and a half year period where she is fed in the wilderness. Then Satan's cast to the earth. Trouble begins. He persecutes the Jews. Then another three and a half year period where she is brought there on, quote, wings of the great eagle. By the way, that's why, yes, my ministry is called Wings of the Eagle because it's looking forward to this time. Looking forward in anticipation, yes, in preparation. If you feel the call right now 
to help the Jews flee Judea and flee to the mountains, go to jacobsrefuge.com and fill out the form. I'll leave that there. Because Jacob's trouble is coming. It's unavoidable. It can't be stopped. What are you going to do about that? Even if you're not here. Even if you're dead. Well, what if it happens in a couple of years and you're gone? You say, oh, I'm just a grandparent. What can I do? You can do a lot. All right, and then, of course, we have the rest of the story, which is he can't kill the Jews because he spills water out of his mouth and they are protected in that place in the mountains. He is so angry now because he has such a short time left. He only has three and a half years to do this, to kill all the Jews, and he can't. He's, he tries and he fails because he's frustrated by that place in the mountains. That for some reason, like Daniel 11 also says, is protected from invasion of Satan and the Antichrist. Can't get him. Can't get him. Now, we don't know how that all works. We're told that the earth opens its mouth and swallows the water. That seems symbolic to me, but just like the dragon is symbolic, the woman is symbolic, etc., She's obviously not going to be picked up by a giant bird and flew over to the mountain. So the two wings of the great eagle obviously are symbolic. The dragon was furious with the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring. Who are the rest of Israel who are not of Israel? Hmm. The Gentiles who believe in Jesus because we're grafted in. We are Israel. We're not replacing them, but we're into the kingdom. That's the kingdom of Israel. When we believe, hallelujah, went to wage war with the rest of her offspring, those who keep the commandments of God and hold firmly to the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's called a Christian, friends, a Gentile believer. The point is, you are not done. You, your part in this story, church, is not over. Even during the last three and a half years, you are here. And you have work to do. I can't make it any plainer than that. Can the scripture be any plainer than Revelation 12? There are two, count them, two periods of three and a half years. One before Satan's war in heaven and one after. Very different scenarios and very different conditions on the earth. By the time, this is why Jesus says the abomination of desolation, the invasion of Israel, the Antichrist coming into the temple, is the major sign of the end because by that time it will be too late. It's the last, that has to be go time for those who are thinking ahead. That's zero hour. That's it. Any preparations that you've made have got to be done by that time. And hopefully you're hearing me and the preparation has to be for the Jews who have to flee Israel. Not the Jews in your country. Not even the Christians in your country. Certainly not your own house because we're not supposed to think like that. That's the flesh. That's the world. That's distraction. That's false gospel.
So clear as day, clear as day, we have two specific periods of time in the Word of God plainly. Now, that's enumerated. I mean, it says three and a half years period here, then another three and a half year period here. It ain't that difficult. I, I, I'm racking my brain year after year after year because I'm just some dopey guy who's trying to read the scriptures for what they are, not commentaries, okay, not, not someone's interpretations, not some pastor or teacher's lecture series, just the Bible. What does it say? And it's not that hard to understand. And there's two periods in there. So again, I did reference the book Fleet of the Mountains. Please pick that up if this interests you at all and you are looking for answers. Again, we there's a whole write-up in chapter 2 about Revelation 12. It goes through verse by verse. So you can see. And again, these are not new, new informations, not new stuff in Revelation. These are just uh, references to the Old Testament, to the words of Jesus, to the epistles. So where are we today? Look at Revelation 12 and put your finger uh, right in between verses 5 and 6. Because it's after Jesus has ascended to the throne, before the seven years, the final seven years begin. We are currently living between what? The 69th week of Daniel, when Messiah's uh, earthly ministry was ended. And the 70th week of Daniel, it hasn't begun. There has to be a temple involved for any of it to even work. We exist in the space in between Revelation 12.5 and 12.6. Why? Why has this gone on for so long? Brother, why would God stretch this out for 2,000 years now? Uh, Paul tells us in Romans incredibly clearly. Peter tells us very clearly. It's so the Gentiles can come in. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. The kingdom of God is now open to all the Gentile nations. Whosoever will believe in that Son of God, that light brought from Israel to the Gentiles, to become one new man, the Messiah, the church, That's why the 70th week of Daniel hasn't begun. The church is why. There is a time lapse ordained by God. He has hit the pause button, okay? It's so the gospel can go out. Hello? Between, what is the gospel period of uh, era of history? between the glorious resurrection of Jesus and the confirming of the covenant to start the final seven. And that can, again, that can only take place when this quote-unquote prince to come that we heard about last week in Daniel 9, when he confirms that covenant, that he is the leader of this final satanic empire that comes against Israel because all the nations now will be united especially the ones that are 
identified in Daniel and Revelation of Iran, excuse me, Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Turkey. When they are one nation, not just cooperating on some operation, one country, a super state, a caliphate, one ruler over them. Ten kings, yes, but one representative for them all. He's called the man of sin, the son of perdition, the Antichrist, the prince to come, the little horn. He is the one that makes the peace with Israel. It must involve Jerusalem. It must involve the Temple Mount, the final status, the temple rebuilding itself. Then you can take your finger off the pause button because then the final seven years have begun. And by the way, uh, this period is called the beginning of the birth pains when the final seven years start. This is what Jesus is talking about. Why would the why would the woman why would Israel even be interested in these uh, places right next door in the mountains? And who is feeding her there? The ones who know better, the ones who know the sons of Issachar who know what time it is. And what's the purpose of prophecy? Like Issachar says, or that passage on Issachar in Chronicles, they knew what Israel ought to do. What Israel ought to do is flee for their lives and accept Jesus as the Messiah before he comes back. That's what Israel ought to do. And we got to tell them that. We the church, we those who are saved, we the Gentile believers or the Messianic believers, the Jewish people who are saved already, we have to lead the way. Tell them. So again, go read it for yourself and see how different these two time periods are of three and a half years. All right, that's about, I'll leave it at that. It's simple. And there's tons, by the way, in the book, in chapter three. Yeah. <laughs> chapter 3, I'm just verifying my information. Uh, chapter 3 of Fleet of the Mountains has the scriptural breakdown of all the places where this idea about Fleet of the Mountains comes from in the Old Testament. And it's not just, we know the mouth of two or three witnesses of things shall be established, right? Well, I've got 34 witnesses in this book. 34. Not three or four. 34. When Jesus says, let the reader understand, he should know that he's talking to a Bible student. We are supposed to understand because we know the scriptures. So the scriptures will tell us. So go read chapter 3 of Fleet of the Mountains for all that backup. Okay? Now you've got Revelation 12. That's easy. That's all. Honestly, that's all we need. That's all I need to know what to do. So, let's. Uh, if there's any questions out there, let's try to get them. If you're again, if you're listening live, now's the time. If you're listening through the Spreaker app, you can ask a question right there in the app. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube or Periscope on Twitter, you can ask directly in there as, na- uh, as well, which we do have. So praise God. Okay. Um, 
Arthur from Periscope on Twitter says, uh, the first year of the 70th week will be one of peace and security on the earth. I assume you mean the whole first three and a half years. Um, I believe that during the first half of the 70th week, the Ark of the Covenant will be found and sacrifices held at the mercy seat. Uh, that's possible. That's possible. Now, will it be the actual Ark of the Covenant? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Satan might be able to reproduce that. Um, but anyways, but possibly, yeah, possibly. Um, and by the way, though, it, it, the, the scriptures are pretty clear about this. The ones who have peace and safety... And who are in the land of unwalled villages, Ezekiel 38, is Israel herself. So this, this, this time of peace is not for the whole world. In fact, it's marred by warfare and conflict outside of the borders of Israel. Because the Antichrist will be conquering his lands. Egypt will be a holdout. Isaiah 19, Daniel 11. He will have to conquer Egypt. That's the final peace. They, they don't want in this caliphate anymore. They're going to want to withdraw. They don't like the way things are going. So he has to go do it by force. That's what Jesus is saying, wars and rumors of wars. The king of the north and the king of the south. That's the Turkish king, basically, and the Egyptian king. And the northern one wins, and that's when he has total control. By the time the three-and-a-half-year mark rolls around, he has total control over the whole area, except that little piece of the mountains, and then he invades Jerusalem for the second three and a half years. Okay? Arthur, thank you for the question. Um, Michael says, could the Gentiles be those that are saved during the first three and a half years? The, I'm not sure what you mean. The Gentiles? Um... Uh, Many Gentiles certainly will be saved um, during the first three and a half years. Um, sure. I'm sorry. Maybe you can expound on that. I'm not really catching it. And again, I'm not really too sharp. So if you could repeat that, maybe rephrase, that would be helpful. Thank you, Arthur. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, go check the original languages. Um, don't never be afraid of that. It's not a problem. Again, you know, God is not, he's not out to mix us up or confuse us um, or hide his truth. That's the, Revelation is the opposite of that. Revelation means to unveil or uncover what's been already hidden. There's nothing more hidden. Nothing is hidden that won't be revealed. That's the word of God, right? Not to say we know every every millimeter of every plan of the Lord, but those that's those things that are written about, pretty sure most of them are out already. All of them are out. <laughs> Just a matter of faith now. Believe it. Just believe it and act on it. Faith without works is dead. That applies to the final seven years, my friends. Faith without works is dead. Don't say you have faith in the Messiah. Don't say you believe in the Word of God, but then are unwilling to help build these places where the Jews will flee. Don't do it, because you're not being serious. 
I would not be serious. I would be a, a hypocrite if I said, I yes, I'm full of faith in Jesus the Messiah, and I love the Jews, and I love Israel, but I'm not willing to actually go to those mountains or build those places. Prepare the way for them. Prepare the way of the Lord, the highway of our God, in the king's highway. Man. Anyway, it's all in Fleet of the Mountains. Go get the book. Um, Antonio... Um, right before we leave here, we've gone long enough. Antonio says, the dragon will chase after the male child. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not in there. Okay, he tried to devour the male child, but then he got away and went, that the Lord took him to heaven. That's what verse 5 says. Let's not go crazy, Okay. Um, he was caught up to God into his throne. Uh, okay, but to the question. The dragon will chase after the male child, but Michael and his angels will stand in the dragon's way, thus causing the war and the final casting out from heaven? No. No, 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 no. No. Th- that's not in there, buddy. I'm sorry, friend. The child's caught up. He's in heaven. Dra- there's nothing more that can happen. Jesus is the lamb slain since the foundation of the world. Satan has no power over him. He's broken every power of the enemy, even death. There's nothing to protect anybody from. In heaven. Right? But on the earth it's different, and that's the point. So he's already safe and sound. Okay, He's awaiting for the, re- or, uh, the orders from the Father to come back. And we know from Acts chapter 3, he must remain in heaven until the time of the restoration of all things, where God will send Jesus at that time to restore all, to take the kingdom. That's why it says rejoice, because that period's almost here. Okay. Uh, Jerry. I think it's Jerry. Yeah. What do you think about the peace deal on July 1st? I don't think much about it. It doesn't mean anything to me. Here's, I mean... I'm exaggerating out that it doesn't mean anything, but in terms of prophetic fulfillment, in terms of prophecy, in terms of Revelation 12, in terms of Daniel 9, like that type of stuff, irrelevant. Why? Because any covenant, the final one that we're looking for, and I assume you're looking for, Jerry, must involve Israel and Jordan If they're both not in it, it means nothing. Because they're the ones who control the Temple Mount. And, quite frankly, not just Jordan, but all the Muslim nations. They're all going to have a say in it. If they're not, there's no covenant. The ten kings have to be united and give their power to the little horn. He's the one who negotiates it. He's the one that brings the deal. So if there's no little horn, there's no ten kings, there's no unanimity among the muslim nations there's no jordan involved i don't care what president says anything about or what israel says it doesn't matter it's not going to work it's not the one all right is that better clearer um r&d trump meddling have any significance for the confirmation of the covenant in your opinion no the only thing, Trump is, 
his plan and anyone else's plan, any president, any leader, any country, if anyone submits or supports a plan to divide the land of Israel and give it to the Gentiles, which the Muslims are, they will be punished by God, period. America will be punished for submitting this plan, even submitting it. Forget if it, if whether it's approved, implemented or not. God tests the hearts. We are guilty before him on this. He's not going to let us get away this time. And that's just America because we thought of it this time. All right. But anyone who supports it, they're all under God's judgment. And by the way, as soon as this, uh, if you remember, when this thing first got announced, the next day, COVID hit America. So let's don't play with God on this, guys. Okay, don't even think about it, uh, supporting it. Bad, bad, bad idea. And I mean you, individual Christian. Don't, don't. Just run from it. My opinion. Um, praise the Lord. Well, God bless you, sir. Um, and Antonio says, every passage has a deeper meaning. Not if it's not there. Again, Revelation 12 is so easy to understand because it's just laid out linearly this then this then this don't say it has a deeper meaning when it contradicts the written meaning all right, that's all i have to say about that Whew. all right friends this is pastor manti signing off for unsealed again we welcome your sharing please share this share 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 we like the likes we love the loves but sharing is caring share this podcast share this video everywhere you go all right we want to do the real stuff we're just doing the real word of god spirit of god teachings because it's too important this time uh to leave these things out yeah i got kind of annoyed today um a very very well-known christian uh he made there's a movie about him you would know if i told you his name um you know, was tweeting out about how the book of Revelation is, you can understand it in three sentences. Uh, God wins, get on God's team, and don't be, what is it, don't be dumb, or something like that. I'm like, no, friend. You know, I replied to that. I'm like, no, no. Revelation is 22 chapters long for a reason. If all it was was God wins, get on God's team, and don't be dumb, it would be one chapter long, and that would be that. There's a purpose in saying the things that it says. There's a reason in delineating the number of judgments and the seals and the horsemen and the and the dragon and the woman and the three and a half years and then the next three and a half years and then the beast and then the false prophet and the lake of fire and the thousand years. There's purposes in all that. Come on. Come on, church. We can't let this slide anymore. It's arrogant. You dismissive a whole book of the Bible. What are the book of the New Testament or in the Bible? Uh, what in the New Testament can you say, well, it doesn't matter what you believe about that book. You're still a Christian. Would you dare say that about Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, or Paul's writings, or Peter's, or John's, or Jude? Hmm? Would you say, duh, it doesn't matter what you believe about that book. You're still a Christian regardless. Huh? doesn't work like that. <laughs> it matters a lot that we get it right. The Holy Spirit is willing to teach us, so let's accept the 
instruction and correction because he's our father. He loves us. Accept the correction, guys. I need it. You need it. We all need it. Then once we see, the vision has been written down clearly. It's time to go. It's time to run with it. Preach to the nations. Time is coming. All right, friends. I love you so much. This is Unsealed. Until the next time, hopefully next week, but God willing, who knows? Um, it's just too important to let go, guys. Maranatha, just he's coming. He's coming. Let's prepare like he is. To hear previous episodes, to obtain resources, and to support this ministry, visit unsealedpodcast.com. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved.